Hey guys, this uh, episode is actually uh, long enough where I'm going to split it up into a part one and part two. It's one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. It's one that I recommend listening to over and over. We just kind of had a free for all. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, one of the comments Coach made is a sub sitting there waiting with a glass of wine and a cigar. <laughs> you definitely want to hear that part. That was hilarious. Uh, but it's full of knowledge and full of insight that hopefully will help you, especially in your personal development, but even uh, crafting the life you want to live next year uh, and from this point on. All right. You know, I think I start our podcast off every time, Coach, with okay or all right. I hope people don't mind. Um, But it's kind of like a quick breath. You know what I mean? Like we've been visiting Mm -hmm. in our pre-show combo, and it's like, okay, let's do this. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. Well, go ahead and introduce yourself, Coach, and then I'll introduce myself. Greg McNeil, doctoral student, life coach, clinician. Hunter, <laughs> big game hunter. Yeah, I like that. That sounds good today. All around funny man and helper to humanity. Yeah, that's that's me. That's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, my name is Sherry. Um, I'm just going to throw out words too. Let's see. Social media manager, strategist, student mm-hmm. of life. Yes. Doer of the tools. Yes. Right? And uh, here to serve people. You know, speaking of tools, Coach, Mm -hmm. I had one I did not realize I had. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay. I wrote it down in my planner, Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know how I didn't see it. So this is like, we're just going to kind of have a free-for-all today of discussion. Um, But this was like one that... I should have seen, I didn't, and it shows the power of writing. Okay. And it was actually an assignment from Robin. No, no, actually Chris Jenner. I'm doing her branding class on uh, Mastermind. I highly recommend, by the way, Mastermind for our listeners. And she said, um, you need to write down your superpowers. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, well... I know I'm very aspirational. Um, You know, when I'm with people, uh, they feel like they can conquer the world because that's, you know, that's what I do. That's a lot of my coaching. Uh, So I knew that to inspire people to a higher way of life through example and storytelling. I'm I'm working on strengthening my storytelling. I also know I'm extremely strategic and, um, and that, you know, obviously helps me in business. I can see weak areas, immediately spot things like your blue wall member after you did the Mm -hmm. assessment. I'm like, what the heck is coach Greg doing with a blue wall? He is a passion, (laughs) fascination advantage. That ain't passion needs to be orange, you know? So, um, but this one I wrote down first, cause I was just sitting there and I was thinking, okay, my superpowers. And I knew of the two and I didn't want to put them down first. I wanted Mm -hmm. to see something maybe I hadn't seen before. And all of a sudden the word resilient Mm. came Mm. to my mind and I'm like resilience you know I think I might be resilient actually so I go to the dictionary and it's the ability of a person to adjust to or recover readily from major life changes and difficulties and 
I've actually, when I looked back, I have been mm-hmm. resilient my whole life. I had to mm-hmm. be. Like, mm-hmm. it, it was either do that or self-destruct, you know. Right. And I'm too right. stubborn to do that. So, um, but yeah, resilience. And uh, obviously with the new changes in my life with, you know, um, a divorce after 31 years. Yeah, I was calculating. I have been with him 33 years total coach. That's uh, two-thirds of my life. And the resilience, but also the tools that we teach, I use, right? So I thought that was interesting. And Mm -hmm. I recommend Mm -hmm. that exercise, you know, like sit down and write what your three superpowers are and don't write what you know to be most common. Because Mm -hmm. I felt like my sub was going to throw up the most common and I needed to sit for a minute and actually hear something different. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yeah, you you're talking about you're talking about thinking deeply, right? Yeah, that's what you're talking about. You're talking about um, not the things that we're so accustomed to going to, which we've said before in previous um, workshops that. You know, sometimes what we think is a strength can be overdone and become a weakness, right? Yes. So the space that you're talking about is different. You're saying, wait a minute, this is a deeper place. This is the place that you get to when you think nothing else exists. That's when you know where your superpower is, right? Yeah. And so that's what I hear you saying, and it makes perfectly good sense to me. And I think it's a damn good word, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's often overused. It's often overused. But not in this case. (laughs) Yeah. And I think me and you probably have that in common, the resilience as well. Um, You know, we don't talk a lot about our past to one another. Um, but we are birds of a feather, right? So I feel that (laughs) there's probably some similarity. The other thing, um, that is shocking to me, coach, and this kind of ties into what I wanted to, to talk about that happened with a former student is Mm -hmm. how blind we can be at times. So, uh, I got a couple examples. Um, one was how blind I was to how resilient I was. Um, like I said, I could look back. I mean, just the abuse and the, um, you know, tragedies and the nonsense I was raised in, um, I had to be resilient. I don't even, I don't even know how I did it. I just did. And, um, at the same time, like once I became serious about my personal development, you know, like you say, pain, that's where the gold is. So you got to go there. So it's like, okay, go there. And, um, And that requires resilience. But here's what's fascinating. How blind I was to that being one of my superpowers. And and then I thought about, I have a family member who, and it has to be narratives. It has to be narratives that we believe that blind ourselves. Um, And my um, family member is super smart. And uh, she has a position at, at a large corporation. I think I've mentioned this before that most people go to college for. And 
she she learned it on the job and then was promoted. And it's very rare to be in her department in the supervisory role that she's in without college. And so people would always tell her how smart she is. Like I would tell her, you're very intelligent and not in a way where she's like, I don't think I'm smart. Like just, you know, like we'd be having a conversation. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so smart. And uh, I'm going to take that, you know, and I'd be excited about her insight and, and then people were telling her in her job. And I remember she's like, I don't, I do not see what they're seeing. I don't under like, I'm, and I'm like, looking at her, like, how can you not see? I mean, just look at the trail of your accomplishments. And then I keep getting a compliment that I'm still not seeing. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I ever will, but coach, can you dive into that before I get to one of our former students? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what you're describing really is a conditioning process, right? So one of the things that happens when, uh, you know, you live in a system in which it's, it's based on so much artificial mm. material stuff, competition, just it's just like, it's, it's, it never ends. So you find yourself in a situation where many times people really don't know if what they're actually doing is for them, right? Yeah. Or if it's for someone else, right? So it's like getting a job, you know, the right kind of career, spouse, you name it. It's like, so when you sit down and ask the person why this individual why this job, right? Yeah. A lot of times when you listen, it can sound like it's something outside of the person, mm. right? Like an external motivation. Well, if we are geared to dealing with or responding to external motivations, when it comes time to finding out who we are, what our superpowers are, it can be difficult because we don't really spend time in here. We spend time out there. It's like, this is what I have to do in order to make this happen, Yeah. right? So there's so much outward focus. We don't really get a chance to see what's going on inside. Because if you look on the inside, somebody tells you that there's something wrong with you for introspection, right? Yes. Instead, we needed, we needed to be directed out here. But the truth is, the harmony, the balance the resiliency, all the talents we need is always an inward thing. Yeah. And so it is only until we actually get comfortable with the idea that I'm doing this because this is what I'm called to do, right? This is this is me. This is Sherry. This is Greg. When you get to that place, now you can go deep. Yeah. Right? You can go in there and you can look at yourself and say what my what you think your superhero characteristics are because now they're coming from the seed inside you, not what you think you do or give to other people, which is where a lot of us are at. We're, you know, like I said, we're outward directed focus, yeah. right? And, uh, and that makes it very difficult because when we do have those quiet times, we're like, why am I doing this? You know, we're asking questions like, who am I? Mm -hmm. You know, so... You know, we become those who are, um, you know, we become incomplete, right? We're the like the incomplete ones. 
because everything that we want to do is out there. Yeah. But when you say go inside, tell me who you are, most people in this type of culture don't find it until they get pressed. You have to get pressed up against life before you find it. And it's generally going to be something that you cannot, I would say, you cannot readily dismiss or um, be distracted from because of other things, right? Yeah. In other words, it's like you can't use your career. You can't use your money. You can't use your vacations or whatever that is. You can't get away from it. It's sort of like, like death being an advisor or a divorce or some other kind of tragedy. But they become the wake-up calls that says, who are you? Because the next step of your life demands that you be able to answer that question. Okay. Right? If that makes sense. It does. And the going um, outside situation is so key. Okay. Now, can you dive into um, the idea of narratives, like how they work in the sub and they can actually blind you to these things? Wow. So, you know, dear listener, I want to say this as though I'm writing to you a, le a letter. One of the things that happens with the narrative is whatever we tell ourselves becomes our reality. Um, and that's no mystery. That's no psychological babble. It is a reality. And once we as people start to pay attention to the words we use when we're talking to ourselves, then we'll begin to see it. There we go. Now, this is going to be another inward focus, right? Yes. Because until we go inside, we're not really aware of those narratives that we're using all the time that's shaping our lives. You know, so for so a quick example, so for the person that identifies as a Christian, I would say this. Every time you use the phrase, I am, bam, that's a narrative. Yes. And, and if the and if the the words that come after I am are not positive, then what you get as a result of that is what you claim. Yes. You know, that you know everything that we see is first a thought form. It was in the imagination. We can say it was in the it was it was a form of desire but it was still invisible to everybody else except the person that had the vision. Yeah. They looked across the landscape and they had a vision. Today we're in a city, right? We don't have to get into the conditions of cities, but what we're saying is we build what's in the thought form. Yes. The narrative is your thought form. And, and every time you're thinking, your brain, your subconscious is constantly right along with you. Is this what you want? It must be, because this is what you're saying about yourself. This is what you're saying to yourself every time that you speak. I'm not good enough. I'm too heavy. I don't look this way. I don't have this. Those narratives are also affirmations. Yep. As we've said when it comes to the subconscious mind, it's like, look, if you say it, it's real for you. And it's going to act on it as though it's real. Yeah. So what you say to yourself, you want to stop and think about it. Are you really not good enough? 
Where does that come from? Who told you that, right? You have to catch that message and say, who told me that? Why am I still playing it? Because if I keep playing it, my life is going to keep reflecting back to me that narrative. Yeah. Now, when you change it and say, okay, I am good enough. I am love. I am these things. Your sub is also going to say, well, I hear you, but that ain't what you've been saying. Yep. <laughs> so I'm going to keep on this path until you prove to me through your thought forms and your actions that that's where you're at. Yeah. And a lot of what happens when we meet those challenges sometimes is the sub saying, you're at that moment. You're at that moment in the narrative. I'm getting ready to give you this unless you have something else. What is it, right? It's like slamming your hand. What is it? It's sort of like getting ready to say something that might be very intense to another person because you're just really living. But you realize if you say that, you will perpetuate a narrative in your head. And in that moment, instead of speaking, you take a breath. Yeah. And you say, no. And the next thing you know, you just change the narrative. And now your sub now says, guess what? You are, you are a confident person. You can hold your peace. You can listen without feeling like you need to react. And then all of a sudden, you notice your capacity to hear difficult things, challenging things, you know, have been developed. And you can now move through them. And then all of a sudden, you start to recognize that the blessings that you really want start to show up in your life, right? Because you changed the message, but you had to work to change that message. You don't get to just wake up one morning and say, I feel love. And that's it. It don't quite work like that. <laughs> you know, a couple thoughts. So I want to get to our student. But the first thing that came to my mind is I'm actually working with a 14-year-old that um, is, you know, struggling in certain areas. And I feel like we're making progress, but, um, he had a suicide attempt and, um, thank goodness it, you know, didn't kill him. And so we had a meeting and he's also seeing a licensed, you know, clinician. Mm -hmm. So I'm just doing the coaching aspect. And I said, okay, I said, I'm going to teach you something that a lot of people don't, they either don't ever learn or they're like in their 40s and their 50s before they learn it. And I said, um, first of all, though, tell me what you were thinking. Now, a lot of people are like, yeah, what was he thinking? No, no, no. I want to break down. What were you thinking? And I know it wasn't sudden. You had to have been planning it and feeding the thoughts for a while. So how long were you feeding the thoughts? He said, two mm. to three weeks. I said, okay. Yeah. What was the initial yep. thought? So he told me the initial thought, and I said, okay, and then how did it progress? And so it progressed, and the main thing was he felt like a burden. Mm. And I said, okay, so here's what I'm going to teach you. You need to challenge your thoughts. Mm -hmm. Not every thought that comes into your head is truth. And when you look at the fact that you feel like a burden, the people that are taking care of you, have they ever told you you're a burden? And he said, no. In fact, they've told me the opposite. I said, okay. So you believed something about yourself that no one else has told you. You formed a narrative. 
and you believed a lie almost to the point where it killed you. Mm-hmm. And his, you know, face, he just kind of was looking at me. So I didn't think about that. And I said, right, that's the power of thought. And, and I said, so as you, you know, just continued to think that thing, all of a sudden you are taking action that would have caused a lifetime of pain with your brothers and with your, your guardians. And so I gave him the assignment to challenge his thoughts. And so we're not talking about just personal development, self-help, you know, positive thinking. These are things that can kill people. And like, if you look at someone that maybe is an addict, you know, alcohol or drugs or whatever, they, they believe a lie. They just can't stop. Right. But how did they even get there to begin with? It was thinking. It was narratives. And and so when you said like the sub will be like, you know, slamming the hand down saying, hold up, because it's going to challenge you. Well, that's right. Um, this actually happened because, okay, so our former student, you know she who she is, one of mm-hmm. our favorites. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes. and actually, I think she is my favorite. I don't think I have any <laughs> other favorites. And um, so- she listened to our bravery podcast and Mm -hmm. what's funny is she does personal assistance for me and um, some other things. And so she was around the house. Oh oh yeah. There we go. There we go. Yeah. There we go. And she was, she was around the house, you know, um, for a couple days and I'd hear her talking to herself. It's hilarious. She talks to herself and, uh, and she's like, Oh oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, Yep, you sure did. And so I'm just laughing because that's her. I'm just doing my work, you know. Well, she was listening to our podcast, I believe, on bravery. Mm-hmm. And in that, we were discussing um, the importance of recognizing our value. And one of the things I had said is that in my marriage, I had said, if you do this to me again, I'm leaving. And Mm -hmm. I said that because I value myself. And Mm -hmm. so then how we allow people to to treat us will show where our value level is. We gave an assignment and the assignment was write down, I think it was three um, areas where you give value to others. And, um, And so she um, said, okay, so I sat down to do that. And she said, I was at a blank. I have no idea what value I bring others. And, um, and she said, and I was so surprised. Like when I heard you guys, I'm like, oh, that's going to be easy. And so she sat down and she's like, nothing, there was nothing. So she, she actually, so what she did is she deflected out. So her sub Mm -hmm. deflected her outwardly and I said right and that's why you need to do the work so she had gotten a little bit lax on her practices from the intensive so Mm -hmm. she's back which I could tell I could see certain things Mm -hmm. popping up again but the sub is going to challenge you and that's exactly what happened so what are your thoughts as far as you know her experience that young man's experience anything coach that you just want to you know, dive into. So in both cases, you help them to see something that they had not noticed. And that's the key thing in terms of how the subconscious 
is working in our lives that without realizing it, we are talking to someone, to an essence, to a part of us that listens to everything we say. Yeah. Every thought we say, every thought that we don't speak, yet we still say and ruminate on, right? We keep going with it. Yeah. Okay, so that's going on the entire time. What you what you did, let's say in the case of the 14-year-old, when you said, hey, look, let's examine, let's challenge that thought. Well, until you actually bring that to him, he doesn't realize that he has now has a voice in his head of his programming. Yeah. I'm, I'm not worth it. I don't have value. And it just keeps building. And as that thought keeps building, it now leads to behavior because that's what it is, right? Thought plus feeling equals behavior. Yeah. You keep thinking a certain way, you start to feel a certain way, and then there goes the action, right? Yeah. When you bring that to his attention, he's like, I had no idea that I was programming that into my experience, Yeah. right? And once you did, you help him to become aware that what he thinks, whether it's spoken or not, is heard. Yeah. And it affects what his life experience is, right? And the second one, it was like, homegirl, <laughs> don't forget. <laughs> this is a lifelong process, right? You've done you've done great, but there is no finish line for us. We run this race until we get that message and said, okay, it's time for you to come home. Yeah. Right. And you know what I mean by that. Yeah. So I'm saying like, hey, there's stop looking around for the finish line. You ain't done yet. <laughs> and and what you did in that conversation with her is like, you know what? You let it go. You let go of the tool. And when you let go of the tool, the sub is like, oh, are you coming back this way? <laughs> right? It's like, because if you're coming back this way, let me know, because I can bring back to you all of those things that you thought you left behind. And I can bring them back to you in an instant. And so by letting her know, it's like, hey, look, you need to pick up that tool, right? Because once you start getting externally directed, guess what you're getting ready to do? You're starting ready to have, you're starting to engage in behavior that's going to be externally directed. And then you're going to be saying, can I get another intensive? <laughs> yeah, I wonder if she was asking about that because she said, when y'all's next intensive? And I said, it probably not, not soon. I don't know. We haven't discussed it with everything that happened. Yeah. But okay, so I'm going to throw out a term that um, some may not know what I'm saying. So I'm going to explain. Coaches being extremely prophetic. So he doesn't even know it. So what's funny is, like, I, I'm trying not to laugh. So in our conversation, now, obviously, I could tell her 20 to 50 things that, you know, value that she brings to me alone, not to mention, you know, the circle of um, friends and, you know, uh, loved ones. But so she goes, you know, I just, like, I'm the person like, hey, that's done. Get over it. Check. Move on. And so I'm looking at her and I had, and I'd heard that language before, you know, it's like, Oh, done the intensive check. I'm good. Move on. Done. You know? And I'm like, uh, okay. So first of all, life isn't linear. You know, it's not just a straight shot. It's in a circle. 
where you should be going up, not just around and around and around. Like there should be some progress, right? And so what that means in a circular, like it's a cycle of life that you revisit things on certain levels, but the duration is less and the intensity is less than it was when you first started, you know, a, a process. And I said, so we're like onions. There's layers. You, you, it's, you're not just done. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah. done that. Check. I'm good. Oh, yep. I was an orphan. My parents didn't love me um, like they should have. Check. I'm, I'm over that. You know, like all these things. So I told her, I said, it is a lifetime. And I was even kind of like tongue in cheek. Um, she said, you know, I just thought I had it. And I was like, well, I'm so glad that you feel like you're perfect after just a few things. I will be working on this for the rest of my life. And we both busted out laughing. And um, so you're so when when you're like, check done, you know, I did that. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> the subs like, Oh, you left. Yeah, the practices. Here I am. You know, absolutely, Coach. That was. I mean, like you were just nailing it on the head, even with words that she said. It was. It's. She's gonna crack up when she hears this. I mean, it's. It's. I mean, it's like it's always here. Yeah. You know. So before I get out of the bed in the morning, it's like me and sub. It's like <laughs> it's like it's it's. Yeah, I. You know, duking it out. 